Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about recognizing and overcoming internal bias as a coach. And if that sounded like Chinese to you, then um, this is going to be a great episode. Noel. This is why I'm here to yes. translate information. <laughs> so this is a uh, this is a big topic. It sounds very complicated. It is a big topic. It is complicated, and it's also really important for our time as you know, the entire world is is shifting to a different way of understanding ourselves, each other, mm-hmm. how we relate to each other. And coaching is so often understood um, as something that's fluffy. Mm-hmm. And when we really look under the hood, uh, coaching is an absolutely psychodynamic approach to um, basically giving us a user's guide to how our brains and bodies work. And today we're going to drill down on just an introduction that, to the topic of bias, how it works and how it works in coaching really specifically. So what exactly is internal bias, you say? Yeah. So internal bias functions in lots and lots and lots of different ways. And the starting point that we're going to take to understand it is, all right, when we're talking about coaching and we're thinking about the fact that humans are stuck, the root of that stuckness is usually simply a lack of access to an alternative way of seeing things that we only have one way of seeing things. We only have one story that we tell ourselves about any given situation. And in a nutshell, that's bias. Yeah, so the word that comes to my mind is um, perspective, seeing the world only through our own lenses. Only through our own lenses and taking for granted that that lens is telling us the truth that that lens has the best information for us. Right. And you as a coach, you're not giving someone else your lenses, right? That's not, you're not telling your client, hey, this is how you should see the world. Um, Instead, you are exploring and giving the client a new perspective based on uh, the process. Absolutely. And not only are we, you know, checking our own lens at the door, we need to understand how as coaches, we're naturally subject to the stories that we tell ourselves over and over again. And then when we work with clients, we we flip that mirror around and we help our clients see the very same, very human ways that they are subject to the stories that they've been telling themselves. This is also why um, you 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 can't really um, process or, or coach yourself. I mean, you can to a certain extent, but when it comes to uh, you know exploring, getting fresh perspective, it, it, because we could only see through our own lenses, it's hard to to like pull yourself out of that. It, I'm going to give you a yes and on that front. When we're dealing with this topic, it, it is something that we can, with active intention, work ourselves through. 
the problem is that most folks don't have access to this learning, don't have access to um, this way of thinking about their own brains. And mm -hmm. we need to educate people. Hey, this is how your brain works. This is how your client's brain works. We can all do this. Of course, two brains are better than one. Um, but, you know, this is this is pretty much universal for all humans. Yeah. And it depends on the brain as far as two being better than one. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not at all. So, you know, let's get into it. Um, at baseline, so here, here's here's where this sounds sciencey and complicated, right? So at baseline, every second, our brain takes in hundreds of billions of bits of information, every mm -hmm. second. But we can only bring to our consciousness 44 pieces of information. Wow. That's a big divide. Yeah. It's just a, it's like, I, I'm seeing a grain of sand in, um, you know, if you're standing on the beach, you're only picking up a grain of sand. Yes, absolutely. And the important thing that we need to know here is that implicit in our humanity, the way that our brains picks and chooses what information to bring to the fore of our consciousness is in itself a form of bias. Mm. It's called the availability heuristic. And it's very important to understand for coaching. And basically what this is, is it's the fact that your brain creates shortcuts. There is so much information in the world that when our brain perks up and is like, oh, holy shit, I can't take in hundreds of billions of bits of information. I only need 44. So the brain takes a shortcut and hones in only on the information that has been already primed in our brain due to previous exposure. Let me ask you this. How much of what we decide to pick up is based on our story? Almost all of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I knew the answer to that, but I wanted you to say it because um, my whole thing with coaching uh, is narrative, is using our stories, you know? And, and using our stories is really important, but how does it change things for you with the piece of knowledge that your brain is only going to provide you with information based on what you've previously seen and heard? Right. Yeah. So um, that's the trick is how do you, you know, how do you jump the tracks? How do you break patterns? Uh, and for me, that's why I think um, I put a lot of emphasis on 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 giving yourself a new experience, you know, no matter how small or big that new experience is. And you're spot on. And, you know, and stories, understanding our story and storytelling is also incredibly important in this process where we need to understand um, the role of this repetition is that what we internalize becomes a rule for us. And this puts us at a disadvantage when there are other pieces of information that we have not heard before that might be better for us to take in, like something that is working or solutions to problems, or if the original information that we that we are holding just is, is not true. Um, so the, the way that this works, or another way to think about this is what we choose to bring into our consciousness based on previous experience creates the stories that we tell ourselves about every single facet of our existence. Mm. 
Now, uh, I know we talk about social construct in our webinars. How much of that you think uh, plays into this, what we decide to, to pick up? Almost all of it. <laughs> well, it can't be almost all of it because you said the our story is, is almost all of it. They're both almost well, the, all. Those are the same thing. So social construction mm. is the story that we tell ourselves about every single facet of our existence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up an example. It's a timely example, and then I want to deconstruct it and explain what's going on in our brains, right? Um, so before I start my story, um, there's a part of the brain that's called the medial orbitofrontal cortex. Medial orbitofrontal cortex, and this baby gets activated when you experience pleasure or an experience of rightness. And we really like it. So when our expectation for the world around us, in other words, the story that we've told ourselves is somehow confirmed, that's how your met expectations turn your story into a reality, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the setup. So when we look out into the world and we say, hey, I know something, it feels good. And then when reality meets our expectations, in other words, we confirm that story for ourselves based on 44 out of 100 billion bits of information that may or may not be true. That's how we confirm bias, essentially. So there has been a longstanding myth that people of color just aren't nature lovers. And there has been a persistent myth that black and brown people care less about environmental issues. Mm, When in fact, all of the studies that are out there show that this is absolutely not true, right? Right. So here we have this story that's sitting out there and a lot of people believe it. And you go to a national park and we look around and we're like, oh my God, uh, almost everybody here is white. For the untrained eye, that might seem to confirm this story. And now this myth is perpetuated over time. Yeah. So let's pull back knowing that we can only take in 44 bits of information every second out of billions and look at the history and try to contextualize where this myth came from, how it works and how it gets cemented in our consciousness. So when we're looking at the history um, in the United States, black people for centuries were totally violently uh, displaced from their native lands as is indigenous people as well through mm-hmm. colonialism and slavery. And then as we move through time, racial segregation and discriminatory housing practices ensured that people of color literally had less access to green spaces and parks. Mm. So all of the recent studies are showing us that Black people are 68% more likely to live in nature-deprived areas. And then if we look at our counterparts in Europe, um, people of color make up only 1% of visitors to national parks, right? So this this is problematic. And now let's look at the lived experience of people of color. When they go into nature, um, we had that case of the gentleman who was bird watching and had the cops called on him. Um, We have experienced collective trauma as a black man was shot while running. Mm -hmm. Um, Black folks are objectively harassed by park rangers when they go into parks asking, why are you here? 
So again, here we are, bits of information that are confirming this myth. And we go back again to the beginning of, you know, how did we get here? Yeah. So it's almost like uh, consciously or subconsciously believing the story that uh, they don't belong here kind of thing. Or that folks of color don't like nature. Yes. Yes. And it's not that they don't like nature. They kind of just was never exposed or allowed into that environment. And that over centuries have been objectively and systemically disenfranchised from access. Right. I mean, that's a, it's a very, very, very different setup. And so, you know, as you're sitting here, as you're listening, as we're all listening to this, you know, I challenge you to say, hey, have my words actually um, tripped up against something internally that you're like, oh, yeah, I did hold that belief. I did think that Mm -hmm. that thing was true. And, And maybe, just maybe, the historical implications of how we got here can change the story. It's not that folks of color don't enjoy nature. It's that they have been through structural and systematic oppression barred from accessing it in the U.S. and Europe. Right. Right. Yeah. And as you're listening to this, think about uh, because that's just one example and um, such a such a clear example. But think about how many internal biases uh, we have, all of us, all of us. So So let's take another one, because I think, you know, again, with storytelling, this is a this is a great way in. So as we're thinking about, you know, these evolutionary traits that have kept these stories in place, What we have to understand is that pulling it back to an individual level, um, these are the mindsets and ways of thinking that literally limit our ability to change and evolve further. Every innovation that has ever taken place has come with someone's willingness to question, experience discomfort, and do things differently. So what do we do with this, right? What do you what do you think, John? Like as as you're kind of letting this sink in, and and I have the benefit of having um, lived with this information for a long time. But as I'm nailing you with it, what are you experiencing? I think um, there's two pieces. One is awareness, right? I mean, I think awareness is kind of the, the beginning of everything. Being aware of what's happening um, internally, how you see the world, perspective, stories, all of that. And then there's this other piece. And this is where most people, I think, drop the ball and that's execution. Like you just said, what do you do with this, you know, awareness revelation? Because that's 50% now, what do you do with it? Um, and yeah, and, and that's, I don't, I mean, there, there are so many different ways you can go with this, but I think the execution piece is, is what's really important to, to, to rewire or to tell yourself a different story. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's get into the application of it. So step one is to at first, draw to your own conscious awareness. Hey, these stories pop up everywhere and most of us can't see them. Um, this, The fact that these stories are so common and we can't see them is called illusion of validity bias, mm-hmm. illusion of validity. And this creates this phenomenon where we create stories and patterns even in sparse data. And this happens because our brain's need to make sense of whatever is showing up in the present moment. And the brain doesn't care if the story is not true. It just doesn't. Um, So, you know, step one is we have to ask ourselves, did I just tell myself a story? We we feel, we feel in the blanks a lot without, Yeah. yeah, without knowing the facts. 
without knowing the facts. So here's here's another um, here's another example. Um, let's say you know me and you um, in an alternate universe work in a big company in an office in a nine to five, and we wear suits every day. That sounds really terrible, but just play along with me mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And we're we're walking down the hall, and we see all of our bosses um, in a meeting, and they're having this really heated conversation. So both you and I would come up with a totally different story of what's going on in that room based on our different experiences. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Some, some, you know, maybe one of us would think it's about us, you know, maybe, yeah, it it all depends on um, our story and what the experiences that we've had in the past. Yeah. And so step one is to notice that there's a story there. Mm Mm-hmm. So some coaching questions that you can use to avoid letting a story sink in, and this is actually a really important uh, factor for relieving stress in a lot of different environments because the stories that we tell ourselves are bullshit and create stress. So is, you know, do I have enough information to confirm the story that I just presented to myself? Mm, Right. Do I have proof? Do I have proof? And so this is such a powerful, um, you know, coaching question or a question that we can use for ourselves. So think about like any relationship. So, you know, when I speak to um, my friends, my family, my clients, if somebody's in a partnered relationship and you're expecting a phone call from your person and your person just never calls, it's like the number one thing that'll take you from zero to psychopath in about 15 seconds. Yeah, of course. Cause we're already jumping in the future and, you know, filling a lot of blanks on why they're not calling. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So whatever it is, whether this person's, you know, cheating on you or lying dead in a ditch somewhere, do I have any information to confirm the story that I just presented to myself? Right. No, nope. And then here's, here's the big hack. And this one um, comes to us from the University of Wisconsin um, that runs a bias and prejudice laboratory. And it's such a cool one. And I think we've talked a little bit about it before. Um, But it's simply to tell yourself a different story, Mm. to challenge your own assumptions. So to actually say, well, if I don't have enough information, to confirm the story that I just told myself, what would another interpretation of this situation be? And so you could take the long view, like I did with a myth that folks of color don't enjoy nature and actually take the time to research the historical context to literally disprove the myth. Or you could simply offer yourself another explanation. And what that does in practice is loosen the fear chokehold in your brain of that original story. Yeah, it's like starting your sentences with, you know, what if, or maybe it's this. It's mm-hmm. like loosening things that you just naturally default to that you think are facts and, and that may not be true. So um, being curious, um, exploring instead of just, uh, going from here's what I think without any facts and then swallowing that. Yes. Yes. And I can't stress enough that, you know, number one, you just have to get good at being like, Ooh, this might be a story. And number two, can I tell myself a different one? 
And, mm. and that one-two punch, as simple as it is, will let your brain know, oh, I need to look for more information. That 44-point data set isn't going to work here. Let's see if I can take in a little bit more. And that's how we evolve. Yeah, yeah. What a great reminder today. And, uh, you know, this alone can be um, this one concept, this one topic can be um, so a way that you coach if you just focus on this. Like this is so common uh, and we all have, have, have biases that uh, you can use this technique only and you'll still be helping so many with their internal life bias in life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can help yourself too. You know, when you're sitting with a client and you make an assumption, you know, you're not wrong or bad. This is your brain. We all have them. Am I telling myself a story? Yep. Can I tell a different one? Yep. Okay. Move on with your life. Yeah. Well, if you're interested in this topic and want to go deeper, come check us out at journey.co and, um, Hopefully that this is uh, we planted a seed where as you go throughout your week, you, you, you should uh, kind of check in with yourself and see internally uh, where you have biases. Yes. Yeah. Don't believe everything you think, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.